Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. I recently returned from a trip to a five-star all-inclusive resort in Mexico. We went there four years ago on our honeymoon and we had such an amazing time we couldn't wait to go back. Throughout the entire trip, both times, we kept talking about how amazing the service was and it was an ongoing conversation with other resort guests too. One of the coolest things was meeting guests who had been there not just two or three times, but even some who had been there 15 to 30 times. And one woman we chatted with while walking to breakfast said she'd been there eight times just in the last 12 months. Now that is true loyalty. There are even a bunch of Facebook fan groups for the resort, and these are not even created by the resort itself, but just by fans of the resort. Of course, as I thought about it more and more, I knew there was a lesson in our experience and I had to share it with you. And it even reminded me of a book by Michael Gerber, The E-Myth Revisited. In that book, he talks about a hotel he visited, which served him his favorite brand of coffee and his local newspaper. He was so impressed with the service, he sat down with the hotel manager to figure out how they managed to know those tiny details about him. Ultimately, there are a few things that stood out to me as to what really makes for a successful business and an exceptional customer experience. And while all of the examples are specific to hotel experiences, they apply to all types of businesses, including product-based ones. The first, and arguably the most important, is that happy employees equal happy customers. Throughout our entire week at this resort, we encountered hundreds of employees from the bellhops to the front desk staff, the servers and bartenders, the gardeners, the pool cleaners, housekeeping, the room service staff, and even the people who stocked the mini fridge. And the one thing I kept saying over and over was that everyone just seemed so happy to work there. I even mentioned that to other couples that we became friendly with at the resort, and they were all like, yes, oh my God, yes, they do. Even if what you asked about was out of the ordinary or not exactly in their job description, they were always ready to take care of you. It never felt like they were begrudgingly doing their job. So what makes for happy employees? Well, as anyone who has ever worked for someone else knows, money matters. But it's honestly not the only thing that matters. Did I feel underpaid at my last position? Yes, I did. If they doubled my salary, would I have stayed? No, I wouldn't have. Money is not the only thing that matters. 
In my experience, one of the most important factors in having happy employees is that everyone has bought into the company mission. In this case, it was making sure the guests had such a great experience that they would come back again and again. And I will tell you, they were all on a mission to do that. There's another book called The Service Profit Chain that dives deeper into the idea of happy employees equaling happy customers. I'll put a link in the show notes of an article that gives an overview of the concept, but essentially, the idea of the service profit chain is that profit depends on customer loyalty, employee satisfaction, employee loyalty, and employee productivity. When a business strengthens these supporting links, profits rise. And that makes sense, right? Because you know it costs a lot less to keep an existing customer than it does to acquire a new one. So the bullet points here are that customer loyalty stimulates growth and profit. We know that to be true. Customer loyalty arises from customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction comes from the value of the services they receive High-value services come from satisfied and thus happy, productive, and loyal employees. And employee satisfaction comes from a company with policies that empower employees to deliver quality services and products to their customers. This whole happy employees thing can totes be its own episode, and it probably will be, so stay tuned. But ultimately, if you focus on the fact that employee satisfaction comes from company policies that empower employees to deliver quality services and products to their customers, you'll be on the right track. One last note about team building before we move on. I know I just said money isn't the only factor, and it's not. But the other day in the e-commerce badassery Megamind, we were talking about hiring the right team. And one of the points we discussed is that it's often better to invest into higher skilled employees. While we often want to hire more green people so we can pay them less and mold them into our way of doing things, sometimes we lose productivity and a little bit of magic when we do that. In many cases, you're going to be better served by hiring people that can come in and hit the ground running because they're already good at the thing we're hiring them for. And it's possible that while we think we know the best way to do something, someone who specializes in that position is going to be able to do it better. All right. The next big idea here is that an organized business is a successful business. This was a big focus of the story Michael Gardner told in the E-Myth Revisited. He told the story of a hotel he visited where he woke up to his favorite brand of coffee brewing in his room and his favorite newspaper. At first, he wasn't sure how they knew until he remembered the night before when the server in the restaurant asked him about his favorite coffee and the receptionist asked him about his preferred newspaper when he checked in. He was so impressed with the experience at the hotel, he went and spoke to the manager to learn more about how they pulled it off and what did he find? A very organized hotel manager. They had some serious systems and processes in place. They had a database for all their customer information, like their favorite coffee and newspaper, along with a robust color-coded employee operations manual with checklists for each position in the hotel. 
In fact, the room support persons, as they're called, have a checklist they need to sign off on for each room they clean. There is even a visual of the room itself so they know exactly where they need to do what. And if they sign off on it without actually doing the work, it's instant grounds for dismissal. The hotel manager also talked about how the lighting, the sauna, and the pool are timed electronically and synchronized with the season so that they deliver a predictable result to the guests. For instance, the outdoor lights increase in intensity as it gets darker out. We saw a lot of similar systems at the resort we were visiting too. Housekeeping starts at 8 a.m. along with the pool being cleaned and all the covers on the lounge chairs and the pool area itself being cleaned up, all done by specific groups of people, by the way. Everything is in tip-top shape by the time poolside food and drink service starts at 10 a.m. When you first arrive at the resort, you're greeted by the bellhop who holds your bags while you check in and then takes you to your room once you have your keys. We even received a call shortly after arriving at our room to confirm our ground transportation back to the airport and to schedule our required COVID tests. Additionally, the agenda for the next day's activities was available online the night before, along with guest celebrations of those who returned, those celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, honeymoons, etc. So my question to you is, do you have solid systems and processes in your business? Do your employees know exactly what they're responsible for and what is expected of them? If not, now is the time to start getting that stuff in place. Even if you only have a small team right now, it's okay if those systems and areas of responsibility change as your business matures, but you can't get away with having nothing. Going back to the e-myth, which is short for entrepreneurial myth, I want to talk about that definition really quick. So the e-myth is the myth that most people who start small businesses are entrepreneurs and the fatal assumption that an individual who understands the technical work of a business can successfully run a business that does that technical work. What he means by this is that many people who start businesses do so because they're good at doing something specific. So graphic designers, accountants, if you're a maker of a product, Just because you're good at doing that specific thing doesn't mean you're actually good at running a business because there's so much more that goes into it than just doing the work itself. And one of the biggest struggles I see is leading a team. And he even talks about those people who start out doing everything themselves, right? We've all been there. Then you eventually grow a team, but you find it so overwhelming that sometimes people just go back to doing everything themselves, right? Like they shrink their business back down. Now, I'm not necessarily an expert in this area, though I've been building and leading teams for the last 20 years. And one of the biggest breakdowns here is a mismatch of expectations, which the same goes for customer service and angry customers, by the way. During that same Megamind session I mentioned earlier, One of the group participants mentioned an exercise she did with her employees as recommended by a coach she worked with. Essentially, she had all of her employees write out what they thought they were responsible and accountable for. She said it was really eye-opening and it showed where the disconnect was between her expectation and theirs. 
In all the companies I've worked with before, I've never seen this done, but I can definitely see how powerful it can be. And I recommend you try this exercise in your own company, whether you feel like you have people issues or not. Last, but certainly not least, is the devils in the details. Throughout our entire trip and while listening to the E-Myth Revisited, I kept seeing all of these seemingly small details pop up. Any one of them on their own has a pretty small impact, but the way they compound together leaves quite the impression. In the book, Michael talks about having his favorite brand of coffee and preferred newspaper delivered to him. For us, it was the extra dessert left in our room during turndown service with sweet messages written in chocolate like, happy anniversary or have a good trip when we were leaving. Or the way that everyone who worked at the resort said hello when they passed you. Seriously, everyone. From the housekeeping staff and the servers to the gardening crew and everyone else in between. When we told the person who stocked the mini fridge we didn't drink Coors Light, they never put it in there again and they stocked us up on Dos Equis instead. The housekeeping staff made us swans and a wedding cake out of towels and sprinkled real rose petals on our bed. They even got us a margarita while we were checking in. Each of these on their own is cool, but the compound effect was amazing. It made us feel so special, like they really knew what we wanted and needed, what was important to us, and that they were curating an experience specifically for us. So I ask you, how can you infuse this into your own business? What small things can you do to make every touch point a little bit more special? Maybe that's using dynamic content in your emails based on the data you have about your customers. It could be writing handwritten notes for your VIPs or even including gifts with purchase for no reason other than that you appreciate your customers. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like the e-myth says, being good at what you do, whether that's designing cute teas, curating products, or even making something from scratch, it's not enough to have a successful business unless you are actually running the business itself well or have the right people to run it for you. And how do you do that? By having happy employees, systems and processes to run your business like a well-oiled machine, and by paying attention to all the tiny details. So check the show notes for the links to the books I mentioned and the resort we stayed at. And that, my friend, is a wrap. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today, and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.